0: You're listening to Life Church podcast with Pastor Bill Carpenter. All right, let's uh, let's get into God's Word today and uh, talk a little bit um, here, and then we'll uh, we'll send you on your way. Thanks for coming out early this morning. Thank you, all of you who are. Uh, Bobby, what was that look on your face? <laughs> <laughs> I caught it. <laughs> uh, all of you who are back in town and you're visiting, we love you so much. And uh, I'm going to just take a minute here to pray and prophesy to you that God is sending you back to Sioux Falls immediately. And you will all return <laughs> with great joy and uh, and uh, you'll uh, you'll stay here forever until Jesus returns. Okay, so uh, we love you, and we would we just, we miss you all so much. Thank you for coming this morning and being with us. it, it is a joy to have you. Um, I want to start a, a new series. This well, today is going to be a message about trees, kind of, um, and we're going to start a new series. So I'm going to try to introduce the new series in this message that's about trees. And uh, you're all going great. This is too early for him. Uh, no, this this will, it'll make a little bit of sense to you. This this is sort of topical to introduce something that isn't topical. And we're going to go into a study, and we're going to. I just want to explain to you today a little bit about how we came about deciding that. Um, but uh, we're going to go into a study of the book of James. All right, we're going to spend some time in James over the next number of weeks. So, get your Bible out and start reading James and studying James and memorizing scriptures in James. Uh, that, that little fellowship time, you know, where you guys get around and chit chat and I have to call you back together 17 times, you know, because you're all enjoying each other so much. Uh, over the next number of weeks, that's going to be your accountability time. So you get to share a scripture every Sunday that you've memorized out of the book of James over the week. So you just get to go around and, and, and share scriptures with each other. And it's going to just be fun to do this whole thing and really get into the book of James and look at that. And uh, so we are going to start there this morning, The you know, James 1, 1 this morning. We're going we're to start at that place. But let let me just let me just give you a little intro here of how we came up with this idea of doing James. I've had a number of people say to me or ask me a question, and I don't I don't know that I've ever really given them a, anything but a very pat answer. And that is, well, how do you come up with sermons? How do you how do you decide what you're going to preach? And you know, my pat answer is, well, the Holy Spirit speaks to us, and we hear the Holy Spirit. Isn't that very spiritual? You know, and, and but it's true. You know, the Holy Spirit does speak to us. And uh, sometimes that happens in, in unique ways. And so um, Pastor Dave and I get together on Wednesdays, and we spend Wednesday together. Um, and so the idea is that we meet here early in the morning, and then we walk the neighborhood and we pray for some time in, in the neighborhood, and then we come back, and then we settle in, and we kind of pray for what God is, is, you know, what is on his heart for, for Life Church. And uh, we then dialogue about where we're going in the, in the sermons. And we evaluate the prior uh, week's message and, and the church service. And then we plan a bit. Um, and uh, uh, if he's lucky, I buy him lunch. Uh, and then uh, we come back and we do some more talking. And then late in the afternoon, um, I go swimming. Sometimes he will go with me. Um, and uh, swim for a little while and then we come back together and we finish the day off so that's our, our that's staff day that's how we spend our day and so we were talking and we were discussing this whole thing of of uh sermons and and um he said to me you know i i think we need to do something that talks about maturity and and really just being grounded and some basic you know good stuff and I said, yeah, you know, I, I think that's right where God wants us to, to be. And I'm thinking that we need to do a book of the Bible. You know, I've really been sensing that that would be a good thing for us to do in Life Church. We don't do a lot of that. And uh, so um, I, I'd like to do a, a book. And, and he was like, well, what, you know, what are you thinking? And uh, I think he thought I was thinking like Revelation or Isaiah or, you know, Ezekiel or something. And I said, James! You know, just a good little book. And it's just packed full of, full of wisdom and, 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 and maturity and, and some real challenges. And I'd, I'd love to just dig through James for a little while as a, as a whole group in the church. And he goes, I love it. I think that's a great idea and um he he said you know we just need to to really challenge our people to just put their roots down you know and i go yeah you know the bible talks about being a a a mighty like a mighty oak you know being a planting unto the lord you know being planted by the river and he goes oh you got to listen to this song and so he gets he runs into his office and he's on the internet and so all of a sudden i hear this music coming come here yeah and so it's the song the last song that we sang he was he had that playing He said, listen to this song let's just worship for a few minutes I'm not good like that, you know, just for two minutes. I don't want to worship for two minutes. I want to worship for, you know, a long time, you know. So I'm like, okay, let's worship, you know. So we're listening to this song, and it got me. You know, it just really, like, it got in my heart. It got in, in my spirit, you know. It just, it's like, it really began to resonate with me, this whole idea of being like a tree planted by the rivers of water, you know, roots running deep not not fading out you know and 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 i was like yeah that's what we should do you know and and so then that's when see now it gets dangerous at that point because we get excited all right and and so i'm going like yeah we should just have church outside under the trees that would be really great you know and so now we're planting church outside under the oak trees out here you know I called him this morning and said, we are not having church outside under the oak trees. We were going to. We were going to take you all out. Right now, we would have been like marching out in just a moment to the trees. And we would be sitting under the trees this morning, you know, doing a kind of like little pre-life-like kind of thing going on here. And, and and we would be talking about this idea of growing deep, getting deeply rooted in in." The truths of God's word and growing mighty and all of that, you know. Uh, but it was too cold for your pastor, so we're not doing that, all right. We're staying right in here, all right, where it's nice and, and comfortable. Uh, but I'm like, yeah, we could be out by the trees. And, and then I, I was thinking of these different illustrations, you know. And, and I was like, like, we can do this and we can do that. And he's like, calm down, you know. He said, let's, let's, let's just take James and let's just run with it, pastor, okay. <laughs> and, and I go, yeah, let's do that. And so we're going into James. And, and, and we just feel like that the Holy Spirit is over that, all over that, that this is something that we need to do together. And so I want to invite you to come on into that, okay? And so then we, I said, well, we should probably look at James real quick, you know? And so we, we opened the Bible and, and we look at James, you know, we've been doing this series on trials and adversities and that kind of stuff, okay? So we open James, let's go there, everybody, right now, James chapter 1, verse 1, all right? And, and uh, remember now, we've just done several weeks about trials and hardships and and persevering and all, all that kind of stuff, all right? So James 1, beginning at verse 1, it says, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes scattered among the nations, greetings to you, okay? Then look at verse 2. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And if you, any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. Alright? But when you ask, you, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. And that person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do and so it was like wow that's that's it right there we don't want to be people who are tossed about we don't want to be people who are, are are blown about by by every unsound thing that comes along but we want to be people who are mature we want to be people who are steady who are grounded our roots are going deep you know we're like we're like the palms in in the hurricane katrina you know it was they were amazed at those those sable palms uh, in, in Louisiana and how they, they withstood those, those unbelievable uh, hurricane winds. And they said it's amazing how the palm tree is created to do that. But it withstood. They stood. They stayed their ground throughout the hurricane. And there's some big storms that come along in our lives. And we talked all about that kind of stuff for several weeks now. But now we want to move to this, this maybe a bit more positive atmosphere uh, of, of just growing deep in God, all right? staying focused staying staying solid and staying straight and so this is kind of the idea for the fall of the year as we're entering into this this fall well in my opinion winter as of today um, we we are going to really try to ground ourselves in scripture and so we're going to get in this book of james together and we're just going to we're going to hash it out together and look at it scripture by scripture in some parts of it and and sections in some parts but i'm excited because I believe that this is good for us. I believe this is where God wants us to be. And I believe that when we finish James, uh, and we may choose another book after that to continue on in that vein, of, uh, in that style of preaching, but we are going to be solid people. And we're going to be very, very, very grounded people. Let's pray. God, I've laid it out. I ask you, Holy Spirit, now to quicken in all of us this desire, this intensity, this this excitement, this passion for your word and for growth. I pray, Lord, that life church grow now, that we become um, the fullness of what you have for us as a life giving body. And I pray that these words will have impact even today and that they will challenge us in our hearts. And that we'll leave here understanding that this is a season in which you really want to settle the body of Christ. In which you really want to anchor us deep in the truths of your word. And help us to look with searching hearts, desiring to know you better. So as we unpack your word, God, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus, we invite you to come. Reveal yourself to us in powerful and and dynamic ways. We want to know you through encounters of the Spirit. We want to be able to to see your gifts manifest and flow and bring understanding and revelation and teaching to us. We want to grow at, at levels that we've never grown before. Would you plant us here in this neighborhood in such a powerful way that we can weather the storms of this life in the end times? And we can stand as a testimony and a witness of your faithfulness, of your goodness, of your glory, and of your imminent return. And then you get glory and honor and praise for it. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, Let's let's go a little bit further, alright? We want to understand exactly what god is trying to say to the church today in many different ways you know the bible says he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit is saying to the church all right and so today's message is not just really about life church but i think this is the message of the hour this is a place that god wants his church today and that is a place of, of really pressing in to some of those basic very dynamic core truths of his word where we we hold on all right we hold on, and that's, the, that's the, the bedrock, that's the anchor, you know, that's the, that's the mooring place. We move out from that place, and that's where we return to constantly, all right, to be settled and to be grounded. And I think that's important for you and I as God's people in these last days, you know. There are warnings for the church in the end times about those who will deceive, those who will, who will actually come and deceive the very elect of God, all right. And so there's going to be more and more deceptions that are coming forth in the end times. And we have to be people that are not only alert, but astute. Astute in the sense that we know, as the Bereans did, we search the Scriptures and we know the truth of God's Word. And so I want to challenge us that we really take that position now, that we're going to really get into God's words and, and we're really going to, 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 to plant them inside of our heart. And we're, it's, going to, it's going to change you. You, you can't get in God's Word deeply and, and internalize it and it not bring change. All right, I want you to understand that. All right, I want you to expect change. Not, not just a few of us, but all of us. I'm expecting God to radically shift me as a pastor. I'm expecting Him to radically shift me. Some of that is, is shifting me forward into, into new places and new things, but some of it is shifting me back to some, some core places that I've known. It's like I've been praying even this week, God, take me back. Not, not so much in the sense that like I've fallen away and you've got to you know, run run get this lost boy, but take me back to some of those places where I've known you deeply and intensely. Take me back to some of those places where I've known your power. And your glory, Take me back to some of those places where I've experienced your faithfulness through, through, through wonderful, miraculous signs and miracles. Take me back to that place when my confidence was so strong that, that I would step out in faith and do things that, that other people would shake their heads at. Take me back to some of those kinds of places in my walk with you. Don't let me grow cold. Don't let me grow indifferent. Don't even let me be lukewarm. I don't want to straddle a fence here, God. I want to be on the one side, and that's your side. And I want to stay there. And I want, I want to, in these last days, I want to finish well. Pastor Daniel gave me a, a book, and I, I can't remember the guy's name now, but in, it, this is a book about reaching your neighborhood, actually. And it's a, it's a wonderful missional kind of, of book. And it, and it talks about so many different things, and, and, but in particular, the motive of a church and why we do what we do when we, when we reach out to, to others. But there's a, there's a guy in, in the book that is, is talked about, and, um, and he's written many, many books. And, but one of the amazing things that struck me, um, and I, I'm, not, I'm not where that man was in a lot of different ways. And in a particular age, he was about 65, I think, at this particular time. I can't remember his name right now. It's just, it's, it's, I'm losing it. But he, this guy that wrote the book says that it was at 65 years of age that this man began to do the greatest things he did for God. Wrote his best books, gave his best lectures, did his best teachings. Died in his nineties, but that season from sixty-five until death went blind. Would have people read theology and 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 uh, sociology and psychology to him, and then he would begin to write. And, 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 and share some of the deepest truths that he could pull together to bring the church into a missional identity. And I, I read that and I was like, God, I, 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 don't, I don't even care about what the dateline is, but, but from this point on, let it be said of me that this is my finest hours in the faith. And I want to challenge you that wherever you are and whatever age you are, it doesn't matter. Because, see, we got to stop thinking about our age. This guy never retired. Couldn't actually defend, wrote a defense against people retiring. Worked and served God to the very end. And and I, I challenge you and I to no longer look at our lives in terms of when we retire or when we reach a certain age or even when we reach a certain goal. Set goals. Fulfill those goals. Honor God with with, with perseverance and determination and diligence. Work. Because the hour will come when we can't. But in this day, stop looking at your life on that kind of calendar timeline and begin to look at the earth on a calendar kind of timeline. And that is that Jesus is coming again. And based on His coming, then I need to live the finest hours that I have ever lived in my life. And I need to live them now. I need to live as though Jesus is coming again. I need to live as though I'm aware that there are sinful people in this earth who are broken and their lives are devastated and they need God before Jesus comes back. And so I live based on God's timeline and not mine. And I begin to live out of that sense of responsibility. Charity read it beautifully from Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked our stand in the way that sinners take or, or sits in the company of mockers we just don't go there we were talking this week about obedience and really beginning to redefine ourselves as a separate and different people beginning to, to realize that we really are aliens in this world, in this earth loving everybody And Jesus would go and sit among those who were very sinful. And He had no problem sitting with them. But let's know the intent of our heart and let our hearts be pure that the reason we are going is because we understand that Jesus is coming again and live that way. And not live compromised lives in the world, in the church and getting it all confused and gray and and mixed up. But blessed are those who delight in the law of the Lord, who meditate on it day and night. That is the person that's like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Let me ask you just a question here. When have you been fruitful for the kingdom of God? This is not an indictment against any of you. I'm asking us, okay? I'm in in this with you. We're in this together. But let's be honest. When When have we experienced fruit for the kingdom of God? Folks, I want to tell you something. You're in season. You're in season. You're not some little planting. You're not some little sapling. I remember my first Arbor Day experience. We went down to the the 4-H club, and they gave us a little pine tree. This is done in South Georgia. They gave us a little pine tree, and, and we took those pine trees home. You know, they were wrapped in a, in a in a little paper, and and we took that little paper cone off, and and you could see the the roots of that little sapling, and it couldn't have been like more than that tall, you know. And we planted them in in our yard where we lived at that time. I, I, my brothers and I still own the home in South Georgia where we planted those, those pine trees and you go there now and they're so tall They're, they're I don't know they're probably 20-30 feet tall now you know, they've grown and they've grown and they've grown over the years and I'm told those roots probably go way down and, and, and they, they spread out I was worried about these oak trees out here falling into the street and Jack came by me one day and he put his hand on my shoulder and he said, I don't think you need to worry. He said, the roots of those trees out there are under that building and under that road and that other man's house over there. He said, nothing's going to pull those trees up anytime soon. They'll be all right. Don't worry about it. You, know? you are mighty oaks of planting unto the Lord. It's time for us to live out of who we are. It's time for us to live out of a place of maturity. All right, mature trees yield fruit. If they don't, they're cut down, and they're cast into the fire and destroyed. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff, and the wind blows it away. The the wicked will not stand, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the righteous. The way of the wicked leads to destruction. You are the righteousness of God. And God is for you, and God wants to bless you, and God wants to to flourish in your life because God wants that fruit to manifest. God wants that fruit uh, in, in your life. Look at Psalm 92, verse 11. My, I, David, David is so wonderful and he, he, he draws on his experiences over time. He says, my eyes have seen the defeat of my adversaries. My ears have heard the, the rout of the wicked foes. He, he, he knows about God coming in on his behalf. He knows about God taking the enemy out. He says, the righteous will flourish. How? Like a palm tree. They will grow like cedars of Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. Look at th- that whole idea is you are favored, you are blessed by God. Palm trees, they say some, some of those sable palms, they, they are so strong. That's, that's what they use on piers when, when, they, when they build the piers that go way out into the ocean for people to fish on. And they last for years and years and years and years and years they use those kind of, of uh, the, the, the trunk of those great big palm trees because they're so dense and they're so tough and they just last and last and last. Cedar, strong solid wood used to build temples used to build the temple in, in Jerusalem. What are you saying Pastor Bill I'm saying that The church today has become this very sort of like weak, needy, anemic body. And it's all about us and we need so much. And that's not indicative of even the very character and nature of a holy God who who can rout enemies. And, and raise up nations and take them down and raise up kings and, and take them down and, 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 and flourish a whole nation of people. Give you the promises of His Word. Bless you unbelievably, undeniably, greatly with the intent and purpose of you following through and obeying His Word and being fruitful and multiply. When I say fruitful and multiply, I mean win lost people to Jesus. And so, I, I, I challenge you and I that we live out of that way. Let's go a little further. Let's look at Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 7. David and I decided that this would be sort of the key verse for this fall, not just this series that we're preaching right now in, in James, but, but sort of the key, the, the key scripture. Over, verse 8 is going to be the, the key scripture over this season of really getting in there and really getting grounded. Beginning at verse 7, Blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord, whose confidence is in Him. They will be like a tree planted by the water that sends out its roots by the stream. It does not fear when heat comes. Its leaves are always green. It has no worries in a year of drought and never fails to bear fruit. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? If you live out of your heart, you're going to live opposite to those scriptures above there. I, I love this passage. No fear. Flourishing, healthy. The leaves are always green. When, when the heat, when the, when the adversity comes, we don't, we don't cave in in fear. We're not going to worry about the economy. We're not going to live haphazardly, but we're not going to worry. We're not going to be driven by fears. We don't worry when things are not there. And we never fail to bear fruit. One of the most exciting things to me about Life Church in the recent weeks has been that in in probably four out of the last five or six weeks, we have had one or two people come forward and receive Christ in this church. We declared that we were going to be evangelistic, and out of that declaration, God says, you know what, I'm going to come along beside you. I'm going to honor your declaration. I'm going to do it. And he's been doing it. We are becoming evangelistic. fruit-bearing church and it's right here in the neighborhood where we're planted and our roots are going down i agree amen that is a wonderful wonderful thing it doesn't discount what we do in any other place at any other time but we're finally doing what god has called us to do right here in such a dramatic way that it's bearing fruit there was an article in the, in the Argus Leader a number of years ago, and I've used this illustration before a couple of times, maybe here in, in a service, um, but there was an arborist in the paper, I, maybe still is there, and, and you can write in and, and, and ask questions, and, uh, and he answers them for you, you know, and so there were some people who were very concerned because a number of their trees in their, their, uh, their yards and in their boulevards were dying here in Sioux Falls, and they were very concerned about some, some type of bugs or, or weevils or something getting into the trees and boring into them and, and causing this rot to take place. And so they were asking this, this, this gentleman, what, what, you know, what are the signs and, and what do we need to do? And they were describing what was going on. And he wrote back in, in this article to, in response, and he said, uh, you probably do not have insects that are a problem you in all likelihood have a root problem. There's probably something that is blocking the roots of the trees from growing deep or growing out as they should. And the soil maybe is the wrong kind of soil. And if it is the wrong kind of soil, the roots are not able to to, uh, receive the, the nutrients that are needed for the tree to grow healthy. And so you may need to check your root system and see if that is the problem. And then another person wrote in and said, I have a tree that is starting to lean. What do I need to do to straighten it up? And he said, you may not be able to straighten your tree up. In all likelihood, you have a root problem. (laughs) You may be on sandy soil. And the roots are not growing down deep enough and, and, and growing out enough they're growing up on the top getting the nutrients so they're just growing out on the top and so the tree is not stable and so as the strong winds come the tree moves and it leans more and more with each gust of, of, of wind through the season root problems root problems I went into Wikipedia to see if I could find out about it, what, what are these root problems or whatever And um, um, let me, me, I, I found a paragraph, and it blew me away. Just listen to this. Trees are similar to people. Both can withstand massive amounts of some types of damage and survive. But even small amounts of certain types of trauma can result in death. Arborists are very aware that established trees will not tolerate any appreciable disturbance of the root system. However, lay people and construction professionals are seldom cognizant of how easily a tree can be killed. The Bible says that the enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He roams about. He roams about. He's looking. He's stalking. He robs and steals and kills. There are people who can handle a lot of adversity. And they'll survive. But I'm not sure that we're aware of how delicate some people's root system is. And how easy it would be to kill them. And I fear the enemy knows better than we. And that's not just outside the church. That's in-house. What's your root system like? I want to challenge you and I. That we begin to understand. And we begin to develop. A good root system. That allows us to grow into maturity that we become the kind of tree that God would have us to be because it's imperative that we begin to bear fruit. And the first of those fruits is righteousness. Righteousness. Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, By their fruit you will recognize them. Do people pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Likewise, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Folks, God knows where you're at. He knows where life church is. It is absolutely essential that we begin to understand this, all right? Would you pass those bags out, um, Wendell, for me? See, here's the thing. I can talk about this all day long, but I want to try to help you to understand where where we got to go with this, all right? So, um... I, I went to, to Hy-Vee, and, and I picked out uh, some fine fruit, all right? And, and so um, um, Wendell, Wendell's going to... Daniel, you want to help him pass those out? Um, Wendell's going to... And, and Daniel's going to pass you out uh, some fruit. Just take a piece of fruit, all right? And, uh, and hold it in your hand for a minute, all right? I'll let you eat it in just a second, all right? Just... just Ryan's back there, and he is salivating, you know, uh, Good, healthy apples. Great fruit from some of the the finest trees God ever created. All right? I can talk to you all day about fruit-bearing, I can talk to you all day about the significance of bearing fruit that others can see and experience. I can talk to you all day about, about being the kind of planting that, that brings forth goodness and that appeals to people and, and brings the message of God. But um, if, you, if you absolutely don't like apples, and if you're allergic to one, for God's sake, please don't bite into one. But if you're not, why don't you just take a bite into that apple right now? Okay, just, just chomp down on it. It's breakfast time, all right? Early morning church. Some of you didn't get it. Nathan loves this church because we have food. (laughs) He prefers the cake in the back, but uh, the apple will do. All right, it's fine. I can tell you about an apple all day. I can explain to you about an apple. I can explain to you about the, the, the skin on the apple. I can explain to you how, how it grew up and, 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 and found itself on an apple tree and all that stuff. You know, I, I, I can do all of that, but it doesn't really help you to understand the apple the way biting into one does. Now you really know what an apple is all about. You know, the, the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And we are to be like the Lord. I think in some, we, we, we can put together this analogy here to say, you know what, we need to only be a, a, a wonderful fragrance in our community, we not only need to be a, a solid testimony or witness, but you know what, we need to be tasty to this community, we need to be palatable, we need to be delicious to this community, we need to be the fruit that this community experiences, that they taste and see that the Lord is good have you ever heard someone say you know i talked to that person for a little while but i had to walk away because they left a bad taste in my mouth what are they saying i didn't like the experience with that person we've had a little bit of that as life church here in the neighborhood and you're going to have some of that all right yeah but uh we we we, we had one situation and, and it, it, it it was almost volatile and the person was very angry at us and I went out after church one, one Sunday and had this long note on, on my Jeep on the windshield. And I read the note, and they shared their, their uh, concerns uh, very dramatically. And uh, the next day, I'm driving over here in the morning, and sure enough, that person's out in their front yard, and I see them down there. And so I just said, well, let's see what's, what's going on here. And I got out and took a little walk down and just said, Hey and uh looked at me oh and uh i can't tell you all the whole conversation because there were lots of expletive type words in it you know but but basically i talked and and you know said hey i'm i'm sorry we we don't want to offend you we don't want to hurt you we're not here to do that i said you get you have problems with the church and you know well people were throwing stuff in my yard and, when you had your little party and things and you don't like that. I just said, okay, here's my cell phone number. If anybody throws anything in your yard, I, I, I paused just a moment. I thought, I'm going to clean this guy's yard every day. But yeah, if someone throws stuff in your yard, you call me personally, I will come and I'll clean your yard for you. Well, he kind of settled down a little bit. And we talked some more. I walked away from there Uh, having really affirmed, he says, I just just want a nice place. You know, I'm trying to buy this place and I just want a nice place and I feel like I've really done a good job of cleaning it up. You know? I go, oh, you have. You have. It's amazing. This place was a dump. It was crazy. And the the landlords didn't keep it up. And he goes, well, never mind. (laughs) All of a sudden, this guy that was like, you know, the countenance was tough. He had straightened up and he was so proud of his little house. I affirmed him. I was walking away. As sure as I've ever heard God speak to me, I heard God say he's never had a dad. No one's ever been proud of him. No one's ever said good job. He tasted good fruit at the end. It didn't get him over here, but I left there saying, God, give him to me. Let him be one of mine. I want to win him to Jesus. Not only that, I want to take some time with him. I want to show him a father's love. I want to care about him. And I felt very quickened that God was saying, That's my desire for the whole, not just one. It gripped me. It grabbed a hold of me. It really grabbed a hold of me. Isaiah 61 speaks of what Jesus has been called to do. But it also speaks of us and what we're called to do. Proclaim, verse 2, Proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They, they, all of them, they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated, renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Jesus came for such as this. And his intent is that you and I fulfill that that role and that responsibility that he came to fulfill in his short life on this earth. We're to do what he did and more. And not only will you be a planting of the Lord, but others will come in and they will be plantings of the Lord and others will come in and they will be plantings of the Lord. And what will happen? Those will gather together and they will do three things. They will rebuild, they will restore, and they will renew rebuild those things that are ruined restore places that have been devastated for a long time they will renew ruined cities how do you renew ruined cities? you get into neighborhoods and you do restoration you read about urban renewal you read about inner city renewal what do they do? they take an area of land and they designate it and they get in there and they clean it up and they rebuild and restore and renew at whatever expense is necessary to do that they renovate everything. They, they gut stuff and they, they tear things down and they rebuild. We have been walking the streets of this neighborhood and we have heard people say things like this used to be a great neighborhood. I think it still is. And I think in their heart they believe it is too. But there are some tough things that have come into the neighborhood and encroached in in the neighborhood. But it's not just this neighborhood, it's throughout the city that you'll find a lot of these things happening. But here's the challenge to you and I, that we become these people in this neighborhood who will rebuild what has been ruined by the enemy. We will restore the places that have been devastated for a long time. And we will renew what is ruined here. If you drive down the streets here, you're going to see new apartment buildings coming up. You're going to see new storefronts that have been built. It's happening in the natural. And that is a good thing. But the, the church was never meant to get its ideas and its starts from the world. It was meant to lead. It was meant to be the starting point. It was, it was meant to be the place of vision and the place where God's will would come forth and manifest. It, the church was meant to be a, a prophetic testimony in the earth. To lead others. To direct. To take charge and, and to move out. Well, we may be a little Slow. But we are not finished. And I want to challenge you and I today in the the closing of this message. (laughs) I'm very sorry. I'm a bit undone today. In Mark chapter 4, it says... You don't have to put this up, Wade. That's a lot of scriptures. Jesus began to teach. He was out by a lake. A crowd gathered around him. He got in a boat. And the People were on the shore listening to him. And he taught them a lot of parables. He said, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering seed, some fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil and came up and and grew and produced a crop. It multiplied 30, some 60, some 100 times. Jesus said to them, "Don't, Don't you understand the parable? And he began to explain it to them. And he said, Satan comes and takes away the word. He says, some of the seed that, that was in rocky place, that's, that's, they hear the word, and once they receive the word, and they received it with joy, but, but, but since they have no root, they, they only last a short time. And when trouble comes or persecution comes, they're, they're gone. Still others, the seed is sown among thorns, and they, they hear the word. But, but worries of this life, deceitfulness of wealth, desires for other things they come in they choke the word and they they make it unfruitful but then there's that good soil they hear the word they accept it and they produce a crop some 30 some 60 some 100 it isn't about performance here the issue isn't how many it's totally about being fruitful and a mature tree will produce fruit jesus said in john 15 i no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business instead i call you friends For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me. Get this, please. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. And that's when he gives that amazing, amazing revelation so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command, love each other. Why are we anemic? Why, are, why do we not see power and glory come in the church? Honestly, I think it is because we are not bearing fruit. Look at that. If you, so that you might bear fruit, fruit that will last, and so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. I believe there is a direct correlation between the the magnitude of fruit bearing that is going on and the magnitude of signs and wonders and miracles that happen in the body of Christ. I don't believe you can separate the two. It is a dangerous thing just to go after signs and wonders and miracles. I'm not saying you won't get some, but I think it's a dangerous thing just to go in that boat alone. There, there is a balance here, and I believe that God's heart, rather than just give you miracles, is to show miracles in order that Jesus can be glorified so that the lost can be saved. And if we don't do that, we are selfish at best. And I think it's a horrible thing for the church to be so self-centered that it produces no fruit but is expecting God to give it fruit and take care of it. What we ask for and how we ask for it will be the, 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 the difference. And that will mark us as to whether or not we're mature believers or immature believers. And I believe that our love for one another is is directly proportionate to our love for the Father. How much you love Jesus is going to, to be indicated by how much you love others. The command is to love others. The command is to love the Father. The command is to love others. The command is to love your neighbor. And that idea of loving your neighbor is without qualifiers, folks. It doesn't say love your neighbors that are saved. It doesn't say love your neighbors that are nice. It doesn't say love your neighbors who treat you right. It just says love your neighbor. Right where you're planted, love your neighbor. Stand with me. See, I, I, I believe when we, when we receive the word of God, when we receive the word of God, and it gets inside of us, and we begin to grow. And our roots begin to run deep. I don't know how to grammatically say this right. You're not, not going to witness to people. all right? You can't help it. You're just going to witness. If, you, if, if it's in you, it's going to come out of you. And that's the challenge that I want to lay before you today. I want you to understand why I believe we need to grow deep and strong and mighty It is because God wants us to bear fruit and win the lost. Win the lost. Let's pray. God, would you open this word deeper than I preached it? Stronger than I preached it? Would you make it more dramatic than I delivered it? Oh God, would you seal it inside of us so that we can't get away from it? Would you let it bring unbelievable transformation into each of our lives? And would you make us mighty, mighty trees planted by the river of life with roots that run deep so that in the scorching heat of adversity we don't wither. Rather, we stay green and we offer shade And we bear fruit in this proper time. And we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen.